0: The sure sign of an amateur is that he has a million plans and they all start tomorrow. The payoff of living in the past or the future is that you never have to do your work in the present. The amateur tweets, the pro works. That's Steven Pressfield from Turning Pro. I am Heath Armstrong and this is Never Stop
1: Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. your schmuck friends piss their pants get up and dance rocket ship that booty take a chance for your freedom miggity milk that boobie because when the fear attacks it tries to crack what you're thinking fuck no you'll never stop peeking Idaho. when life gives
0: you lemons you paint that shit gold yo right In the winter of 2016, I walked downstairs to my cold, eerie basement that I had come to know as my sacred creative space in a small house that I was renting in Walla Walla, Washington. And as I got closer to the bottom step, something seemed off with the smell of the air. And my stack of journals, which I was basically using to hold my life together completely, was in disarray, as if it had come to life and was loudly screaming, dude, Why the fuck did you let this happen to me? Why did you do this? I'm looking at this pile in confusion because nothing is where I placed it. And it took me a couple seconds to figure out what had happened. But once I did, I immediately fell face forward into a dark pit of fucking terror and madness and anxiety. And I thought, oh my God, why does this shit always happen to me? And I'll get back to what happened in a second. But just five years earlier... After starting my night with a few beers at some random Oktoberfest celebration in Lexington, Kentucky, I woke up face down, pants down, on my garage floor at about 9 o'clock a.m., just inches from the wooden step leading into my house. My nose had been leaking blood onto the concrete floor, and my hand still grasped an empty bottle of Jim Beam that I must have acquired somewhere along the way in the dark, dark night. And I was too weak to approach my car and turn it off. I remember the fucking pain and the weakness. The car was still running, parked in the middle of my front yard, as if I abandoned it through a high-speed fucking chase in a cops episode. A few years later, February 2014, I woke up yet again from another night of blackout numbness. And although I hated myself for these situations, I couldn't seem to break the pattern. I couldn't break the habits. I pulled myself down to the oversized jacuzzi tub that I had in my excessive four-bedroom house with five televisions and a full bar and too many fish tanks to fucking count, which I do miss, by the way. I I think fish tanks are like the most therapeutic thing ever. And I just kind of hit the floor in shambles. I cried, pulled my fucking hair out. I held my breath underwater in consideration of making the pain go away forever, and it was a dark place. Dark place. Dark, dark, dark place. The army of fear and resistance had me a checkmate, and I knew I had to make changes if I wanted to get out alive. But as my good friend Bree Seely always says, but how? So under the guidance of a few incredibly special people that trickled into my life, if you guys have heard my story, uh, particularly Amber Vilhauer, Hal Elrod, Paul Kemp, I decided to start my first podcast interviewing happy and successful people around the world who were living passionately no matter what harsh situations the world presented them with. That was called the Artsy Now Show. They're still on iTunes. They're indexed. The quality is probably terrible. The sound, the brand, everything's a little bit interesting, but it's all part of the journey, so I respect them, and I leave them there, and I appreciate them, and it got me where I'm at, and it's 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 just crazy to go back and think about the progress. But my goal with this show was to highlight any commonalities in the habits and the approach and the lifestyle of all of these people and then see if I applied them to my life, what would happen. Could I be that way? Could I get out of my pattern? Could I break the darkness that I kept returning to? It wasn't long before the number of interviews capped about 100. And the habits and strategies that I had been learning. And I started applying them to my life. I, I was experiencing mass transformation. And it doesn't seem real. So you guys know, I sold I sold my house. I eliminated all distractions of belongings. I paid off all of my personal debt, which was like $20,000. I retired my traditional career in exchange for my own purposeful passion businesses and projects. I automated a high-revenue e-commerce business. I became my own boss. I moved across the country to the Pacific Northwest, um, which I always wanted to do because I love just the the natural world in, in Oregon. Holy shit! It's incredible. I mean, it's so fucking majestic. You can go everywhere, and it feels like fairies are tickling your taint. Um, and I started traveling the world and exploring cultures, and and getting out of my comfort zone in the best way possible. Something I had never done before. I never had the opportunity to do it, or if I did have the opportunity to do it, I didn't see it. I was blind,
1: blinded by the light.
0: All these changes were catapulted off the back of one very simple change. The introduction of these personal habits to improve mindset, health, and happiness in my life. And after discovering these habits, which fueled all the incredible people I interviewed, I was neurotically tracking them all in separate journals like a fucking mad scientist on speed, baby. I had thoughts about making the system more simple and possibly sharing the ideas with others afterwards, but I was too scared. I mean, I was very full of resistance to step into that light. So when I got to the bottom of those steps in that eerie, cold, horrible-smelling basement of disorganized terror, um, I realized that my handsome black lab, the great Arlonius Bolognus Maximus, had actually lifted his leg and let down a nice solid fire hose stream of glory to soak all of the journals. And all, not only that, but he had actually jaw-chomped a few of them into unrecognizable pieces. And yeah, the rage consumed me. All my sensitive, important information was soiled. And that pup was so hilarious because no matter how much trouble he was in, he was always so happy and stoic and shaking his ass. Like You could literally be one of those people that just like beats the shit out of their dogs. Terrible you could be one of those people and he would probably still be just wagging his tail and loving life. And that teaches us something, right? I think dogs have a lot of power to teach us things. But just a few hours earlier, I mean, later after I discovered that I had remembered back to a year or so before when I had a call from my coach at the time, Jacqueline Duplessis, which you guys all might be familiar with. Um, And she said, dude, why don't you just put all those systems into one simple journal that people can use? You want to be a writer, right? You have to start. And she was right. I've always wanted to be a writer. And I also wanted to help others overcome resistance and fears and situations that are keeping them from ultimate happiness as well. I don't want anyone to feel like I used to feel ever. And I did what she suggested. So I released the sweet ass journal to develop your happiness muscle in 100 days. And I had no idea what kind of impact it would have on my life, let alone the thousands of wonderful souls that would end up using it and contacting me. And the beautiful people that have reached out about the effect of the journal and how it has changed their mindset or their health or their overall happiness, most of the transitions and stories that have been shared with me have brought genuine tears and outrageous laughs and pure gratitude in my creative path. And I don't think I could get to the point that I'm at without those. They keep driving me forward. Because as a creative, we don't always know where our creations are going. And we don't know who's going to collide with them. We don't know how they're going to change. There's a lot of people that have come to this earth and created the most brilliant things, and they weren't even discovered until after they left the earth. They never knew if they were going to help, but they believed, and they had faith. And even after their passing, it blows up, and the energy is infectious when it gets a hold. Positive energy in the domino effect is one of the most amazing things ever. When you're happy and you're around somebody else, it makes them happy without you having to tell them that you're happy. Like We pick up energy of each other. So the more of us that are out there creating things that positively impact happiness and approach and purpose and meaning and passion, the more the world is going to turn into that. One of the beautiful and brilliant people I met along the way was Caitlin Grenier. And Caitlin is the founder of Party Like a Diabetic. And she embraces every bit of her journey, no matter how unexpectedly hard it can get. She glows with happiness and health. She's a fucking warrior. And we met through a lunch meeting with my sister Nikki in Nashville in about uh, mid-2018, maybe late 2018. And she expressed to me her life mission to help diabetics optimize their lifestyles and their mindsets and their overall health. And as I shared the happiness journal with her, we immediately noticed a huge chunk of practices that could be beneficial to people living with diabetes as well. As most of the practices are positively impacting stress and happiness levels, which can in return have an astonishing effect on keeping blood glucose levels in range and steady. And these are practices that help in all sorts of different wide ranges of health. At this point, I had almost two years of great feedback from the Happiness Journal, as well as further research into the science of why some of these practices were working and why some of them weren't working as well and I had already started working on a revised version of the original journal, so I was instantly intrigued by Caitlin's mission. So when she asked, kind of half-jokingly, if we could make a version of the journal specific for diabetics, I was like, fuck, yes. Excitement flooded my brain. And it was intense, and it was a goosebump feeling. This episode is an exploration with Caitlin on how we met, Caitlin's journey through the unexpected diagnosis and healing, in our creative alliance to bring these practices to those who need it in the world. It's not, this episode isn't just for people living with diabetes. We actually talk about the creative process. We explore the idea of shifting the world away from judgment, disconnection, and criticism into self-love, community, and connection. Because no matter what life presents you with, no matter how bad it gets, it's important to find gratitude in the process and and use the experience as motivation and fuel to keep moving forward and to keep creating because the world fucking needs your sexy, magical ass and all of the things you have to say and all of the creations that you're going to make as long as they are in alignment with your true purpose, your highest self, and the greater light for all. We have a pre-order up for the Sweet Ass Journal to optimize your diabetic lifestyle in 100 days. It is at SweetAssJournal.com. Um, it's a hard cover version. So, I mean, I actually, in this process, found out that my father has pre-diabetes. And I shared it with him. And he grabbed a copy. And it's hitting home. And everybody I know, most of us, are either in a family or if not ourselves, but we're in a family with somebody living with diabetes or we know somebody living with diabetes. And so if you do, it's something that you might want to consider sharing because these practices help everyone. Of course, the original journey for happiness is also available on the same website. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to just get straight into this episode. I want you to meet Caitlin and I want you to hear how inspiring she is. And, um, Yeah, you never know. When life gives you lemons, you paint that shit gold. So come on, let's do it. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity, stinkity, rickety, dickety beat. Yeah. (laughs) Now, let me start at the very beginning.
2: And again, right. people are sitting at home, they don't have shit to do. And so
0: right now's a good time. And that's a good way to start the podcast. Caitlin.
1: Yeah.
0: um. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've I don't know why we didn't do this before. And I've known you for quite a while now. Actually, it hasn't been that long, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's been like five years. It,
2: it really does, it, and it. I mean, we had an immediate connection that um, that I'm really grateful for, actually.
0: Yeah, in bittersweet East Nashville, which recently got leveled by a tornado, which was crazy. Um, yeah. Did the Wild mm-hmm. Cow get damaged?
2: Did um, the place no, that we met however, get damaged? No. However, um, they actually moved to a different location last fall really um, well a few months ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they moved to a bigger bigger and better locale
0: yeah because they could barely get anybody in there
2: yeah yeah i think they're doing really well
0: i like and seeing companies kind of a, a are... little oh, go ahead
2: mm-hmm. oh um kind of another really cool part about the wild cow is that they actually signed on as a Party Like a Diabetic partner, and they did all the carb counts, but um, what kind of spearheaded it was a manager of theirs actually has diabetes, and so when they heard about my company and what I'm trying to do in Nashville, she jumped, she jumped right on in, and her and her girlfriend did all of the carb counts for the entire menu and have been incredibly supportive of everything. So it was just, it was really cool how it continues to um, be connected everywhere.
0: That is that is amazing. So Mm -hmm. for anybody listening who doesn't know, Caitlin and I have been working on a version of the Sweet Ass Journal to help optimize the lifestyle of people living with diabetes, essentially. And the way that we met was Mm -hmm. when we were in Nashville, my sister... I don't know. She's the kind of a witch. And then she was like, you guys need to come to lunch (laughs) together. And then we like started Mm -hmm. talking and we realized there's a lot of similarity. So you all know that I've created this sweet ass journal to develop your happiness muscle for 100 days. I've created the sweet ass affirmations. And one of the main things that I like to focus on is quick, witty, easy, fun ways to help people lower their stress levels to tie into personal optimization, to move towards a bigger vision of themselves. And for many of you that have done that, uh, you you understand the benefit of it. Well, when Caitlin and I met in Nashville, it was kind of interesting because we started talking and we realized we were both doing something to help an audience reduce their stress levels and live better lives. And mm-hmm. she just happened to be she's the co-founder or she's the founder. I'm sorry, I co- I'm I'm a co-founder. <laughs> Someone's a co-founder. She's the founder of Party Like a Diabetic, and she works with all sorts of people obviously living with diabetes to help them optimize their life. But she's also doing things like she was just talking about, um, uh, working with local restaurants to set up menus. So they're diabetic friendly so that you can get your carb counts, uh, so that you can better balance. And you, you could probably explain that a little, a little bit better than me, but yeah. balance your BG levels, blood glucose and things like that. So we we will get into that yeah. in a second, but we came together and it felt right. I mean, I follow flow with the universe all the time. And I was just telling her yesterday, like when you work for the universe, you don't really ever have to worry that much. It provides as long as you're providing service back to people. And one of my dreams has always mm-hmm. been to create versions of the original journal that help specific niches of people that I'm not used to working with so that I can grow myself, but also so that I can help use these techniques that I've studied and implemented for so long um, in areas that I would have never thought that that I could use them and meet new people and explore new avenues in life, which I think all of us should be doing. So here we are. Uh, we just put up <laughs> here a pre-order. We are.
3: <laughs> here
1: we are. We just put up a
0: pre-order for <laughs> this sweet ass journal to optimize your diabetic lifestyle in 100 days. And everybody, I feel like, and I, crazy as it sounds, I literally was sharing this with my father and he bought one mm-hmm. and he told me that of course like, you're like, yes, your parents buy your first copies. Like,
1: this is,
0: like, we just put this up and, and it's always like crickets at first. Cause you're like, I don't know. It, it can be demotivating when there's nothing coming through yet, but we know the benefit of long-term and how these things trickle out and get spread. So yeah, my dad was like, Oh, I'm actually pre-diabetic. I had no idea. And Caitlin, you're always saying Mm -hmm. like everyone knows somebody living with diabetes. So it's very true. It's a very, it's a very serious, but beautiful process that we can work with. And I think our goal with this was to like anything else, help people, not just live with diabetes, but expand beyond. And so I'm, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to have you here. I want to kind of talk about how we came together and all that, but I also want to get into the creative process for anybody out there thinking of creating their own um, stuff and helping people. So yeah, if you want and, to get back into the carb count thing or whatever, that's cool too.
2: Oh, I mean, I would love to, um, that's definitely more about my specific journey with that. But, um, yeah, I really want to kind of get into how we decided to go forward because I know I kept texting you or calling you like, Hey, Hey, Heath, Heath, what do you, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? <laughs> um, did you ever, did you ever think
0: that like I was going to actually pull through with it? I know, like, when you work with people, it's always hard to tell, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If you start talking well, about an because,
2: idea, mm-hmm. whether people, I, I mean, will pull the trigger. And honestly, I'm an idea person, and I have so many all the time, and that, and I will reach out to people and just kind of gauge their interest on them. And initially, everybody's really excited, and, you know, they really want to go through with it. But then it comes down to actually doing the work and continuing that passion and making it a reality. And not everybody has uh, the capability of doing that. So I I did believe that uh, you and I were going to collaborate on something. It was just a matter of the timing of it.
0: Well, here we are. We are. And here <laughs> we
2: are. And it was a pretty quick um, timeline. I'm actually very yeah, surprised. I,
0: I think for my creative process, I'm always, especially with writing projects, I absolutely cannot function if I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit here, and then next week I'll work a little bit more. I really have to sit down and just write the whole thing out. And once mm-hmm. I get like a rough idea of what we're doing, then it's just kind of snowball effect. And I think with you, it was it was nice because we had an anchor from the original journal, and you have all of the mm-hmm. the knowledge from you know, party like a diabetic. And so for me to be able to, one of the most beautiful things was being able to go through the happiness journal and, and, and reread it and like interpret it and just kind of like all in all of the things that I've learned since then and how different I am since writing that specific copy, which was in 2017. Um, and so updating in like, Adding all of the things that we've learned and like spicing this this journal up and adding all of the new vibrant sections that keep people engaged and like mm-hmm. implementing a lot of the science that I've learned since then. It was a really good, healthy process and it lit me up. And I think it can feel like there's always this giant fucking resistance gremlin who's trying to like suffocate you when you're on the verge <laughs> of an idea that seems like a good idea, but it seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm but mm-hmm. the importance of knowing how powerful we are i mean like you started party like a diabetic i bet when mm-hmm. actually i want to talk about that a little bit how so you were not <laughs> it's not like you have been you know like you've been living with diabetes your entire life that you knew of no. right
2: no no and it was an onset Mm-mm. thing
0: and can we can we talk about that a little bit how you how you became about why you started party like a diabetic in the first place why it's so yeah. important to you because i think this is a <clears> story that inspires everyone like you never know what's going to happen in life and what it can lead you yeah. to ways you can react
2: Shit. ain't that the truth <laughs> yeah. um yeah absolutely and so um as you said it was late onset and when i was 26 i started getting i started feeling really really off um and i was uh, um, I was drinking gallons of water a day, but I just could not sati- like get satiated. I was craving sweets when I'm not a big sweets person. I was sleeping all the time. My muscles were cramping my vision was going blurry. I was slurring my words, and within a two-week time frame, I lost about 35 pounds. I mean, it just dropped off of me, but at the time, I was in grad school. I was working two jobs. I just thought that I was stressed, but, you know, hindsight 2020, and looking back, I just think, good God, Kate, like, come on. <laughs> but you never think that anything this drastic is going to happen to you, especially when there is no family history of any major chronic illnesses. Um, yeah. But one day, finally, I was over at my parents' house, and I was walking down the stairs, and my vision just went out. It just went black, and I almost fell down the entire staircase. And then that was just kind of my wake-up call, and immediately went into the kitchen and and just admitted to my mom that something's really really wrong, and I need to go to the doctor and so a few days later, um, I get a call from um, my physician and they said, "Hey, so your blood works back and turns out that you have diabetes you need to stay away from x, y, and z you should probably go get a, a glucometer and start managing your blood sugar and I was just i To say that I was in shock would be an understatement. Yeah. Um, I still remember the first time that I checked my blood sugar. I I mean, I'm terrified of needles. I don't like blood. I don't like anything like that. And so I was sitting on my parents' bed, bawling my eyes out. I was completely by myself. It was in the middle of the day. Everyone was at work. And I was just bawling, thinking, I was like, this is the first time that I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. And then um, I did it and got over the whole traumatic event. But I mean, it completely changed my life. And I went through a huge phase of um, denial, depression, anger. I mean, you name it, I felt it. But finally, by working through all of that, I came to the realization that I'm the only one that can dictate how I Um, how I live with this and how I really can either just survive with it and go day to day and really be pissed off about what happened, or I can use it for the better, um, not only of myself, but for other people. So started reading up a ton on it, reaching out to other people, connecting, really building my support system. And I saw a lot of similarities with other people who were living with diabetes, no matter how long they had it. Maybe they got diagnosed when they were two. I met a woman that got diagnosed with type one when she was 63. Um, and we all are going through the same wow, 63. process. Dude. 63. Um, could you imagine?
0: Is this in, excuse me <laughs> yeah. for my ignorance on the subject still, but mm. I does is there a part of it that can be genetic? And I, I realize mm. that onset thing like did you have this in your family history um or is it is it just related to diet specifically is it because i want to clear this Mm -hmm. up for people because like you could be a really healthy active person and this can come Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. your life without you ever seeing it in your family am i correct about that
2: yes yes absolutely and so the the different types just to clear the air so type one is an autoimmune disease where your body literally attacks the pancreas, specifically the beta cells in your pancreas, which are responsible for producing insulin. And so type ones typically don't produce insulin at all. So we depend on it exogenously. So that means we need to take shots. I take about six to seven shots a day on average. And then type two is more lifestyle driven. There are some genetic predispositions for that as well, as such as certain demographics. But that is when your body still produces insulin, but it's not using it as effectively um, because it's not as sensitive to it. And a lot of times type twos can manage it effectively with lifestyle changes, such as Diet and exercise.
0: Interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. But to kind of go back to your question, yes, something had to happen for me and other type ones so that the genes were turned on, so our bodies started attacking ourselves. And they do not know what that is yet. Um, And they also think that it might be very different for different people. There are hypotheses that it's viral, bacterial, fungal, trauma. One of my friends actually had a surgery. She went in. She didn't have diabetes when she came out. She's a type one. Um, wow. So there's a lot of different potential reasons for it.
0: So crazy. It's so fascinating and crazy at the same time. Like, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I think about
0: just. I mean, everybody has their their things, but with some adult onset allergies that I've gotten that I, like never used to have when I yeah. was a kid. I used to pound so much beer. If I drink a beer now, like I feel like I'm dying for days and I know that's not the alcohol. Interesting. It's something else. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, and like just little, little things like that. And, and so was there any, anybody in your family that was living with diabetes?
2: Nope. No one.
0: Yeah. That's fascinating. So yeah. you took the route, like you, you were basically, and this is something that we talk about in the intro of the journal. And by the way, the if you guys want to check out all of the specific details for this, go to sweetassjournal.com and click the diabetic tab, or just go to sweetassjournal.com forward slash plaid. That's P L A D for party like a diabetic. Uh, we have everything listed out with bonus material, screenshots. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty cool. You can check it all out. But
2: it's yeah, there is so much value there that yeah, I'm really excited to to see what people think and and get into it.
0: Yeah. So you, you had the option to like fold to resistance, feel sorry Mm -hmm. for yourself and really Mm -hmm. like kind of, you could have sombered in that forever. Like a lot of people do, you could have thought, Oh, Mm -hmm. well, now that I have this, I can't ever amount to do anything. I can't, I can't take care of like, I, you know, I could sit here and like, just feel sorry and, and not really proactively do anything or I can look at this fucking resistance gremlin and realize that there's two really things like there's a little bit of resistance that's trying to keep you from thinking that you can be powerful because you have this, but then it's also the, the avenue of looking at it at this um, process of living with diabetes as as something that's very beautiful for you and you have to learn mm-hmm. to love that and when you start to learn to love yourself for everything no matter what mm-hmm. that's when you overcome the resistance and that's when you can move forward and do some miraculous things and i think when you decided Absolutely. like i'm not going to deal i'm not going to i'm not going to somber right i'm not going to cry i'm not going to i'm sure it was incredibly hard everything oh but-
2: and i mean i'm not going to lie <laughs> i i revelled in that for a little while oh I, i'm sure i stewed <laughs>
0: Yeah. But you ultimately made the decision that you were going to approach helping people um, as you figured it out for yourself and how to optimize your life and live this happy, healthy life. You started seeing opportunities where there wasn't a lot of out there to help. And why not be this angelic person who creates this and, and helps other people along the way? And I think the best form of teaching is really just reporting as you're doing it yourself right? It's it's like mm-hmm. you are raw. You, you're you not coming in saying, I know everything. You're saying, I'm going through this with you and let me show you what I'm learning. And it really has this like fire to it that infects people and makes them uh, open up more as opposed to just being like, oh, you know, you wrote a book. So I do this, listen. do that. Or like, yeah, no, you're going and, through this shit. Yeah. And there's,
2: there's something to be said. I mean, I think especially for people who have diabetes is there's something to be said again um, for following somebody or connecting with somebody who gets it because there are so many um, additional structure stressors and factors that go into managing diabetes. I mean, it is a shit ton. I think the average um, number is we make, 218 additional decisions per day solely based on our diabetes. And for somebody who doesn't have to do that and literally have their life and health depend on it, it's going to be like, Oh, wow, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like it sucks, but no, working with somebody who gets it, that's where the connection comes from. That's where the, um, the genuine want for support comes from. And it's been phenomenal to be able to to be able to do that and see how even the smallest story can help somebody come out or have that perspective shift of instead, yeah, my life sucks. I can't do that, I can't do that. So you know what? No, I am gonna go out and do that race. I am gonna go apply for this because it can feel limiting, but it doesn't have to. And that's just what I'm it's going it's, it's, for. <laughs>
0: We all, and it's a roller coaster, even for me. Like I still retract into that mindset sometimes where I'm like, why? Imposter syndrome, like, well, Mm -hmm. I can't do that project or I'm not good enough to do that. And like, it can cripple you. And it's it's a constant thing that we have to work through in life. It's like believing Mm -hmm. in yourself, loving yourself and understanding that your truth is to live your purpose and forgetting Mm -hmm. everything else. And of course, like you want to be very, uh, I guess, respectful of your surroundings, but you're also like if you're helping people and you're loving yourself, the combination is mm-hmm. it's going to just continue to open up opportunities and creative outlets. Like there's no mm-hmm. there's no question about it. And that is what results in happiness. And the big the big like uh the golden cross, I guess, for us with this project was you're doing all of these things in your life. And, I, and I'm curious, I haven't I don't think I've asked you this yet. Um But we were working on all of these different practices to help essentially reduce stress levels and increase mindset, Mm -hmm. like happiness levels, uh, confidence, belief, you know, get rid of insecurities, all of these practices to do that so that we can lower stress levels. And it basically, let me reword the way I'm saying this. We know that if living with any type of condition, You could be an alcoholic, you could be insanely stressed uh, to where it's tearing your family apart, or you could be living with diabetes. Mm -hmm. What's something that actually helps all of those things? Lowering your stress level so that you can actually think clearly. Yeah. So all of the Mm -hmm. principles that we brought into this journaling system start at that foundation. How can we find ourselves internally and love ourselves and calm down and relax and lower stress so that this condition can't have such a, a a hold of us, right? So that we can make friends with it and use it to our advantage and move beyond it, as opposed to let it cripple us. And that mm-hmm. was kind of our our uh, our big ding 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 dong light <laughs> light, ding, uh, ding, ding, light bulb. Ding. God, my words today, jeez.
2: <laughs> there we are. <laughs> light
0: bulb. That was the light bulb for us. Um, and so when when we met, I could already tell that you were doing you were doing these things. Like you were doing a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the journal on your own to help you stay mm-hmm. confident and happy and healthy. And so that you could be in a position where you're teaching other people and helping them through it as well. Do you remember mm-hmm. the process of like, I don't know how you were before you found out, maybe you were already somewhat healthy. So you had like a good brain on you. I'm sure you probably were knowing you now, but I don't I don't know. what. <laughs> what did you, like what changed? You know, what changed in your lifestyle? How did you have to become Did you, did you change anything to make yourself like, did you start eating better? Did you, uh, I'm obviously the answer is probably yes in many ways, but I'm curious about your habits Mm -hmm. before and after you found out.
2: Um, it took a lot. Yes. So there were quite a few, uh, changes and I didn't eat bad beforehand, but I was, you know, I've always been an athlete, and so I could kind of eat whatever I wanted and get away with it. But um, having this or getting diagnosed with it has really caused me to have to be more intentional. And I mean intentional in all areas of my life. So, with my diet, uh, because diabetes is a numbers driven disease, I mean, it's a cause and effect every time I eat or drink something, I'm going to have a, an outcome based on my blood glucose. And so I can't, there's no necessarily freebies for this one. Um, and so getting very intentional with my eating, very intentional with my exercise. But the underlying thing that you keep bringing up, and I really appreciate actually, is the the self-love component. Because for a long time in the beginning. I, I lacked that severely, um, and it wasn't until I started really focusing on that and mending that part of myself that I was able to start implementing these more intentional habits and working on my mindset and reducing stress. Because when you are creating these habits, um, it has to come from a, a place of self-love and a place of honesty with yourself if you want them if you want to truly change if you really do want to have that positive impact that you're looking for and so coming at it from that perspective i think was the game changer for me and then going out and finding what that meant what that looked like for me and what i wanted to learn more about
0: yeah and like it, the magic of seeing how this, when we started putting it all together, and we got it in the layout. And again, we're like in this journal, we're we're helping people optimize their diabetic lifestyle through guided experiences involving things like visualization and distraction elimination mm-hmm. and affirmations and movement and nutrition. There's all sorts of really good bonus material. And we worked with, or Caitlin specifically worked with Middle Tennessee State. University to Mm -hmm. do some like kitchen audit stuff, some diet planning stuff. Um, Self love is a huge one. Yeah, Yeah, recipes, and uh, we have giving and service. We have power of using your breath. Celebration of life.
2: Brainstorming.
0: Yeah, we have the idea muscle from James Altucher popping in there every once in a while, and daily reflection and lots of partying. So much partying,
1: Mm -hmm. and Uh we're
2: (laughs) endless partying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And one of the big things, if anyone listening has used the original happiness journal, uh, just because I'm probably going to be modifying that in the future as well, we implemented this wildcard box. And so instead of having every single day, the same, there are certain things that come in and out of the journal based on length periods of time. So we have a seven day giving challenge instead of it being in there every day. Um, And then it kind of trickles in from there. We have a 10 day a minimalist kind of distraction elimination challenge that trickles in and then we have a lot of things that help you brainstorm ideas and work through things like you have one box where we write a letter to diabetes which can mm-hmm. help with anybody out there like not specifically mm-hmm. writing to diabetes obviously but writing to something that you're struggling with inside of yourself and talking to mm-hmm. it and understanding that it it is something that you kind of have to love to be able to release and let free so mm-hmm. It's been like
2: and then, one of these yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, oh continue. No. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> I was just to say it's been one of these these projects where like I want to make an important point to say that like did I ever in my life think that I would be sitting here with a journaling system to optimize diabetic lifestyle? No fucking way. You know, never. <laughs> never would I thought lucky. that. And before you were diagnosed, did you ever think that? No.
2: Oh, hell we're two no. two people.
0: That, yeah, right. Like most of our lives, we probably never would have even thought or contemplated that. But the importance, and this is like a worldly issue right now, specifically with this pandemic and everything going on. I mean, it always is like, we think because we're not a part of something that it doesn't really exist to us that very much, right? And we generally aren't going to put our time and energy into helping parts of the world that we really aren't feeling like we're connected to. But in reality, Mm -hmm. we're all so intricately intricately connected that it's it's absolutely insane. And like, what if everyone in the world was, was being nice and helping everyone, no matter what their situation was, no matter what they were living with, no matter what their history was, no matter what their health was? Could you imagine the shift in the overall collective consciousness? Like, it would be absolutely insane. So I want to make a a point to anybody listening to realize that if you pay attention to your intuition and you are kind of just flowing with projects, you never know where you're going to end up. There's going to be doors that open for you that weren't there before. And these doors are going to open for you and not anybody else. It's, out getting out there and like talking to people, meeting people, saying Mm -hmm. yes to opportunities to collaborate, thinking of ideas, but actually following through and taking action with them. And you never know where you're going to end up. You could end up sitting in your place, wherever you're at, having a podcast about something you just made that you thought you may have never made before. And (laughs) like every day I wake up, I'm just like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like what happened? And, and it all is led by that idea of wanting to help and wanting to, you know, it's, it's providing service because with providing service, you learn to love yourself and with loving yourself, you learn to provide service. It's a, it's a circular Mm -hmm. thing, right? And when you stop doing Mm -hmm. either one of those things, it drops out and you can become very off balance and uncentered and you can really start to struggle and wonder uh, where you're at and what, you know, what you're moving towards. So.
2: Ooh, ooh, (laughs) doggy. And that is just, I mean, that's the overall vibe of the journal. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> and I know we right. keep saying this, Heath, but it's, I mean, it is going to help so many people. It's going to help so many people. And it's, it, I am incredibly humbled and it, we haven't even started sending them out yet. I just i, I think just got goosebumps everywhere.
0: Oh, I know. i I'm getting really excited about so this is something that happened with the affirmation cards as well the way that i made those cards was to i wrote them to basically my old self somebody who was completely unfamiliar with what an affirmation was so that if i were that old self and i came across something like that i would actually be like whoa these are kind of funny and and sassy and witty but at the same time like there's a deeper message here what does this mean Mm -hmm. and then like through that process, I would learn about affirmations because there are specific people that came into my life that taught me things in a language that I understood at the time that if I would have gone and picked up something that was way like woo woo out there, I wouldn't have understood. I would have been like, what the fuck is this bullshit? This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Um, It's, it's the same thing. Like with the affirmate, like how that process transcribed with this journaling system, I don't even, I, I feel like I have no clue how it's going to go out there and help. Mm -hmm. But I know that there is a massive amount of people, magical people out there living with diabetes who have probably never been introduced to any of these types of practices. Mm -hmm. And one of these practices in itself, just like literally breathing, slowing your breath down for a couple minutes per day, just one of these practices is going to help them reduce their stress and and become more centered. And that balances everything out, right? We're not saying that this is going to cure you or you're going to like- nope. You're nope. going to have some sort of, like, you're going to be able to, like, magically um, fucking abracadabra. I learned some shit about abracadabra the other day. It was really cool, by the way. Like, the origin of the word. The origin of the word. But it, we're not saying that, like, what? actually, I don't know where I'm going with that what? argument. But, yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> no, now I want to know what abracadabra is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that would be, like, an offshoot. but
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't oh, remember. Like, I wrote- that's never happened before.
0: <laughs> I wrote the note down and it was really interesting. I was like, huh. It was like where abracadabra actually came from. And it's literally about affirming and manifesting things in life. It was an old term that was used. Like, I mean, I can't remember the specifics, so it probably isn't going to be as cool to everybody. But it was like abracadabra. Because yeah. You could Google it probably. Origin of abracadabra.
2: Okay.
0: Everybody out there. Um, what I was saying, like, <laughs> These practices, all of the practices that we use. Of course, this this journal is geared diabetic specifically, right? And we have I have the original one for for anyone who is not living with diabetes. But most of the practices in this journal could help anybody if they implemented them into their lives. We don't mm-hmm. have any idea sitting here just talking right now the magnitude of how this is going to go help people. We know it's going to because I've seen it in the past with other things that I've made. But I wanted to create something that helps people in a position like living with diabetes, open up to all of these other self-love and power techniques that can rapidly transform their lives. And Mm -hmm. the most intense thing about it is always when people start using these things and they reach back out and they're like, by the way, look at how much this changed my life. And I have, I have pages and pages with I mean each page has 15 to 20 to 30 messages on it that people have sent me from things in the past that are all up on my wall because every time I feel like I'm just like some worthless piece of shit and I'm like staring at some bottle of booze thinking about going on like a 10-day blackout streak I look at it and I'm like no this is why you know like this it's it's mm-hmm. for this because everybody who does this and I've had some of the most remarkable people contact me some people that have said like I just wrote my third book since starting this. Like I started this nonprofit oh, organization.
2: Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Like I started this nonprofit organization that is helping children with a specific condition and it's grown to 200 people. Now and we're raising all this money and helping so many people all because I started with these small principles in your journaling system. Oh, wow. Heath. But, and like you think about if you're not making an effect, if you, inf- if you have, if you have an impact on one person and they go out, and they have an impact the on two effect. people, right? And then those two people go mm-hmm. out. Maybe even only, only one of them goes out and has an impact. Like it is constant, this constant web of positivity and creation. And I think that's why everybody out there, no matter if you think you're scared that nobody's going to listen or read, I promise you that when you create stuff and you start sharing it without any expectation of what's going to happen, people are going to see it. Whether Except you know wanting
2: they they to are help, or not. Mm-hmm.
0: right? That would be the only. I mean, that's not really even an expectation. It's more of an intention, right?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So just no expectation of what people are going to see and whether they're telling you that they are seeing it or not, it is affecting the world. And there's a reason that that idea came into your head from the ether. You know, It's coming from somewhere. It wants to manifest in this world. You're the channel to bring that creation to life. What are you going to do with it? And I think I've been extremely honored to have worked with you on this project because it's just like I've learned so much especially about my wording around how to how to like speak about diabetes <laughs> so many yeah. times like did you really just say that I'm like I don't fucking know
2: I was like no no
0: I like the other day I was don't like that like, and then this is completely like the way that it was perceived after I wrote it was not at all how I intended it. But I was like, do diabetic shop? <laughs> and, and Caitlin was oh just God. like, Oh my God. And I was like, wait, no, like I didn't mean it. I was trying to figure out like some sort of research for online, like how people <laughs> find things that they need to help them with, with diabetes. Oh. It just came out so ridiculous. Like, Hey man, a diabetic shop at all. Or they just shit at, sit at home. All day.
2: They just sit at home staring at, staring at stuff. <laughs>
0: But that's been, I'm sure that's been a problem that you've dealt with is like how, how people, when you tell somebody that you're living with diabetes, how do, how do they respond? You know, because the memes are out of control. The jokes are out of control in the world about it, but this is a very serious thing and it's a very common thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and unfortunately there is such a negative stigma uh, around diabetes and I've I've heard so many different things when I tell people that I have it and they're like, Oh, but well, you're not fat. Oh, did you eat a lot of sugar as a kid? Oh, oh, what did you do to deserve this? Like, what did you do? What did you do to get it? I'm just like, hold up. Fuck you. First off. Um, yeah. But Body it's stuff like that, that is so detrimental to, to people living with diabetes because They feel isolated. They feel alone. They don't want to tell people they have it, which can be incredibly dangerous. And they don't want to reach out and ask for help because a lot of people unfortunately think, well, you did this to yourself, go fix it. And when that isn't necessarily true, Um, and that's part of the reason why I started Party Like Diabetic, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this journal, is to change the stigma around diabetes, to educate people, and to have people ask genuine questions to get the conversations going so that people feel comfortable talking about it and um again, and create the community. not being afraid to yeah to create the community and not be afraid to ask for help because I mean yeah you can manage diabetes on your by yourself but it's a lot harder um so yeah and for it's a really it's not fun to be honest and I know a lot of people that are in the same situation as I am I'm not you know embarrassed or nervous to tell people I have diabetes at all and I have I'm very quick to answer some of those questions (laughs) Um, naïve questions or statements but I know a lot of people who have gone years Keith and not even told their boyfriend or girlfriend who they were living with that they had diabetes.
0: Yeah. That's so sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah, cuz they were nervous about what they would think.
0: It that and that's how I mean, think about the way that we're all being primed and and treated like we're basically being trained like we're dogs by social media algorithms to act and behave a certain way and so many and mm-hmm. I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. I'm like the biggest dog person ever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with training <laughs> a dog, but the way that we're responding to life is very much dictated by these little triggers that are sent to us and perceived and all these things that are put in front of our face. And the other side of it is like, it's hard to even blame people that are so ignorant about the subject because they've been taught to be that way. It's not really their fault. Actually, like if you're raised and you're told all these things like, and you're seeing these memes and these jokes about a specific condition, even the COVID thing right now, it's like there are so many people Mm -hmm. out there that are still kind of making fun of it. And it's like, what, meanwhile, you have, many people that are paying with their lives. Many people. Same thing goes with war. The same thing goes with everything that we've experienced in the world. You always have people that are like, this is bullshit. Like let's laugh at all these people that are dealing with this because it's not us. And it comes down to that. Like, why are we not more like, why are we not closer? Why are we not, not more? Well, it's also a defense mechanism.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, people, people make fun of stuff that they don't understand or that they're scared of.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I was like that for most of my life. I mean, it was ridiculous and mm-hmm. I'm totally open and I talk about it all the time about how much of a piece of shit I used to be. But at the same time, like as that stinky turd, I was not in those moments. I was exactly who I needed to be to get to where I am today. Like there's nothing yeah. you have to learn. You know, you have to learn somewhere. And you talk, this goes back to the beginning of this conversation when you said, you have to want to take action. You have to want mm-hmm. it more than anything else in the world or you're not going to make changes. Nobody is going to make you drink the water, right? Nobody is going to, mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that will show up in your life that are reminding you over and over again because they care about you. But you have to take the action, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's like watching a, a, a really good friend or a family member slowly, Deteriorate due to drug use. You know, you're trying to help them, but ultimately, no matter what you do, it's if they don't choice. make the decision, as hard as it may be being in that position, if they don't make that choice, then there's nothing you can really do, right? And yeah. it comes to a point where it starts affecting you and everybody else. So sometimes the best thing is to. It, it all goes back to that self love and truth. You got a pup back there?
2: Uh, all of my neighbors have dogs. Oh, nice I'm in dog heaven
0: very very nice I watched a Jonathan Wilson music video this morning and I thought it was the greatest thing ever because it was like these two pups it was a love story about pups and I was like this one pup at the dog park like like macking on this golden it was like this little border collie mix macking on this golden retriever and then the golden retriever had to leave and the border collie was all sad
3: and Aww. then like
0: the rest of the video was the, it like busted out of the dog park and went on this like journey trying to find this, this love. And it like stopped at a store and got like a bandana and a hat put on it. Stop Had it. A picture taken. And then it went and finally found this golden retriever. Yeah. It was, it was an awesome video. I'll send it to You're you.
2: You're going to have to send that to me.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'm going to put it in the show <laughs> we'll notes. Put it in the bonus anybody. material. <laughs> yeah. I'll put, I'll put the music video in the show notes if anybody wants it, or you can just YouTube jonathan wilson i don't remember the name of the song but i'm pretty sure it had the word love in it and it'll probably show two dogs on the puppy love so it wasn't that but uh, i like that dude he sounds he sounds a lot like tom petty in some ways and he's the dude who basically if, if anyone knows father john misty who's more famous he's the guy who wrote most of father john misty's songs and produced a lot of his work so
2: i can't say i'm familiar
0: Father John Misty is also, I mean, talk about a sex God. That dude's the closest thing we have to a Jim Morrison type persona.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you see him live dudes just will have giant boners and every single girl's like, it's just like, it's ready to be so wet. The the floor would be so (laughs) wet. It would just like, I mean, I know from experience, so. (laughs) Every like, look up. Go look up some Father John Misty on Spotify or whatever. Like, just listen to his albums. He has,
1: uh,
0: I think, Fear Factor was maybe his first one. He has another one that's more political and it's hilarious. He does like. It is very much. He talks about worldly issues in a in a super brilliant way through music, and it's funny and it's sarcastic. But it like there's just something so lovable about this dude.
2: I'm glad glad we know now uh, what gets you going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, strag life. I, um, (laughs) I am really happy. Like we're running short on time. I, I'm pumped to have talked to you and it was a really good conversation. I think it went in a good direction. Um, and we'll have Caitlin and I'll be working together like crazy. So again, sweetassjournal.com. If you do know a diabetic, um, or you're living with diabetes yourself, send us a message. Cause we're actually looking for input on other ways. Mm-hmm. Cause we we've created a Patreon that we're going to launch also for this project to help anyone who is living with diabetes, who uses the system, find a better community of support. Cause it's been mm-hmm. from my understanding and Caitlin, you know, more about this, like it's been kind of a, I don't know how much of that is out there for you, you know? So we'll have all sorts of ongoing content that is involved with all of this. And if you do use a system like this, or there's any habits or things that you do to reduce your stress, we'd love to hear from you. Um, So you all know where to find me in in this episode. will be up at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. It'll be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, um, Caitlin, you're Everywhere. at party. Yeah, you're at party like a diabetic on Instagram. You, you also have a personal account. Yeah. What's the handle on that?
2: Uh, personal. Yeah. It's it's Gatlin. <laughs> <It's laughs> oh yeah, a it story. is. Some... There's a story. Just go just go to party like a diabetic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll put them both in show notes for anybody who does actually. Okay. Those. <laughs> If you click the notes on your podcasting app too, you should be able to find these show notes as well so without leaving your screen if you want. Um and yeah, just get in touch if you have any questions or you want to give us any input. I'm I'm very very much fascinated about anyone who who may be living with a condition like this or if you have ideas for other types of avenues and niches mm-hmm. that we can work mm-hmm. um this type of process into it's very much something I want to continue to do.
2: Yeah. Do you have? And I mean, uh, even just a, a little teaser is that we were considering doing another one specifically for um, support systems of people that live with diabetes. We call those type threes. So, family members, friends, everything along those lines, because they need help as well.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right. Just an idea.
0: I forgot about that. That's such a good one.
2: Just throwing it out there.
0: I mean we could really and we're doing this live we could actually take the current one and just modify the wildcard boxes and
2: mm, mm-hmm. move
0: around move around a lot of the diabetic specific stuff and leave the guide almost the same except reword it obviously the different
2: wildcard yeah
0: the person who's doing support and yeah launch it like yeah i mean that's totally feasible and it wouldn't be that that much work because we've already got it down. So See, this yeah. is how magic yeah. is me. <laughs> Caitlin, Let's do it. Uh, you got any closing oh. thoughts or you wanna give like a monologue speech or anything like that? <laughs> before I close this off?
3: I
2: uh, I'm gonna leave the monologues to you. Uh, but I just overall I am so ridiculously grateful to have met you and to follow your intuition and trust and know that, you know, keep those doors open. And if you come at it from a spot of just genuine love, you never know what's going to happen. And I truly, truly believe with all of my heart that this is going to change so many people's lives. And I mean... Mine, obviously, but I also believe yours, Heath. And and thank you. Thank you for helping make my dream come true.
0: I'm a dreamy guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I say that and like Never. I'm just like in an eternal <laughs> eternal struggle with like relationships. <laughs> Constantly like, God, am I do I suck that much? Uh yeah, no, I I I'm not nothing to make fun of what you just said. It was beautiful and I appreciate it. And I am pumped just as much as you. And I, yeah, you keep saying like, you have no idea. And I know, cause every time I do something, I'm like, I have no idea. And then it starts happening. And I have a really, really big intuitive hunch about this project. and I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're over like the really hard.
1: Ah, ah, this is so <laughs> what the hard fuck can we
0: do? <laughs> it does a lot to create something like this. And it's not, you know, you don't just snap your fingers and, and have it show up, although it can feel like that once you've done all the work. Um, now it's the fun part. And yeah, yeah. thank you everybody who's listening. <clears throat> Hit us up and all the show notes again, com forward slash podcast. Oh yeah, we have a giveaway too.
2: com
0: slash plaid. We, um, yeah, right. com slash plaid. Pre-order. Let's talk about that for a second. Pre-order actually is a hardback. We didn't even mention this, Mm -hmm. and I'll do it in the pre-roll. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll remind people early, but we made a hardback, and it's really, really nice. And so anybody who pre-orders gets this hard copy that won't necessarily be available on Amazon because of printing issues, Um, and it'll be personalized with a note from Caitlin and I, and you have access to all the bonus material, which is quite a bit. And again, you can look at that on the uh website but it it involves vision tracking printouts grocery lists recipes kitchen audits uh checklists for creating the sacred space compilation of movement and activity and uh, workouts and caitlin generated a lot of ideas for burnout stress management overcoming overwhelm Mm -hmm. we have meditation resources um we have self-care date ideas we have access to the party like a diabetic community on facebook and other things like that so yeah check it out and um let us know if you have any other questions i guess and we'll see you in the stars
1: There's a place called space and it's got the magic There's a place called space and it's got the balls There's a place called space and it's got the passion There's a place called space where we can smash the walls There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity And the chatter of incompetence and slaughtered at birth In this place called space we'll build a factory of smiles That we'll assemble with our minds and sell to Earth
3: little boys and girls thank you very much for listening you can find all of little heathy boys pictures to stalk on instagram at heathfistpumps you can also leave a review for this podcast on whatever platform you're listening through we really appreciate it and for every single little kinky review that you leave we donate two dollars to the school in uganda Also, you can enter the giveaway to win this week's item and every week's item. If you go to heatharmstrong.com forward slash giveaway, you will be entered to win every one of them. And we will take your email address and we will start stalking the shit out of you. And we'll find out what you listen to, what smells you like. We'll find out what you wear at night before you go to sleep, and we'll start putting lots of ads in front of your face so that you buy these items so that we can steal your money. <laughs> we'll let you go on that thought. Ta ta, Toots.